comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. TV podcast episode number 43 and uh wow another action-packed week crossovers we got two different people uh laughing inappropriately on two different dc tv shows to try to cover it up by saying they saw a cat meme Mm. online (laughs) did you guys notice that supergirl and i zombie yeah Uh, both like are laughing inappropriately and uh oh no it's a cat thing i saw on the internet earlier but we we uh got to see dr light on the flash i mean so many cool things this week on dc tv we should really get right down to it but first off i gotta introduce my co-hosts uh theo gallivan's campaign manager mr gerald taylor yes and i'll kill you if you find out about my past i'm really mad about stuff that happened 300 years ago yes (laughs) i'll have to kill everyone and uh, on on the other side of the um, of the world here, coming in from the windy city, but not Chicago. I guess um, Detroit tonight is the windy city. Uh, Professor Zoom's voice coach, Mr. Richard Chapman. <laughs> yes, yes. Kill the flash. <laughs> I mean, I know it's Tony Todd or whatever, but I, mean, I know it's, it's like. So processed, it's like it could have been anybody. You know? <laughs> they should have just let him. Do it could have been Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, kill the Flash. Sounds like they have a, a a cloth just over his mouth, and that, and then they put it through a machine. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I guess we're going to see even more of him next uh, next episode. Oh yes. Yeah. And, and by the way, what you were saying about the cat video, Jim. There's only two things on the internet. There's cat videos and DC TV podcast. Other than that. It doesn't matter. So, I'll, I'll go with they, that. They couldn't go with DC TV podcast because that'd be kind of meta. We'll start off with uh, Supergirl season one, episode two, stronger together. Girl power. And uh, man, I, it, it's so funny that like um, the the all, all the eye candy on this show is for the women because the guy who plays uh, James Olsen, mm-hmm. that is a good looking dude, man. I know for a minute. I mean, I'm straight. Every, I'm straight. Everything. Yeah, everything yeah. that is a good looking dude. I'm man. saying. Uh, I Occasionally, I'm like, "How did Daryl Taylor get on TV?" And then I, I realized, at, "Oh no, no, yeah." Oh, I wish I looked him in the eyes, and he just looked so pretty for a minute. That's like, wow. We um, we have a, a, a an opening scene in this episode that reminded me of very much of an, a very similar opening scene in the first season of The Flash. I will say that often in this show. That yes, very and, similar uh, shows. Yeah, it yeah. seems like they're using one as a blueprint for the other in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. But she's out in the field, uh, uh, field testing her powers. Right. They're shooting missiles in the air, just like they did for Barry. Yep. Um, only you know a few more <laughs> missiles, a little more powerful for her. 
and she's taking them out um, as part of you know her her field exercises, and she kind of gripes about it. But Alex is you know her sister is like saying, look, they, they you know they made me train for a year year and a half before they even put me anywhere in the field, so you should be thankful. You know, that- is, is it is it me or does her suit look even better? Yeah, yeah. It looks a little better. It looks like the movie a little bit. The material looks yeah. like the movie a little yeah. bit, just brighter, but it just still looks like the movie. Yeah, you know, as soon as she gets done dodging missiles, uh, there's a distress call of a uh, a big fire at the docks. Dun, dun, dun. And she delivers the great line. This sounds like a job for Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I just thought that was. I funny. loved it too. Yeah, this this show is just really fun. You know, and they spent money on special effects because it it, uh, it did. Yeah. It, looked, it looked good, man. It uh, she shows up at the fire. The fire's around right the docks. The the people are giving her her crap, kind of They're like, oh, Superman would have blown out this fire by now, you know. And she's so, like, oh yeah, that's oh, right. Okay, sure. So she <laughs> tries to blow it out, and that does not work because it's a uh, chemical fire, and it just mm-hmm. makes it worse. Um, it's the fire is on the docks right next to an oil tanker. So her next move is, you know, how am I going to get the oil tanker away from the fire to keep you know the oil tanker from exploding, you know, to catch it on fire? Still yelling at her. They're still like, yeah, they're still giving her crap. So she flies up, she grabs like the front of the the boat and starts pushing. And she's pushing and pushing, and finally she's getting away from the docks, and the, the crowd is kind of starting to get on her side, like, yeah, all right, she did it. And then the front uh, part of the boat cracks, mm-hmm. uh, spilling oil into the sea. Dang. And then uh, we go back, our, our, our next scene is her alter ego at the uh, office of, of the, the National City Star, and um, telling when you know, she went from superhero to eco-terrorist to single bound. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have the big meeting with Cat Grant, and she's saying that, you know, uh, what is the opposite of super? Maybe terrible girl? And, <laughs> and that was the hashtag, actually, on Twitter uh, during the show. Cat Grant, I think that character, because of that actress, she is the only thing that makes that show feel like it's it's more... She's the campiest part of that show, I would say. Well, I mean, she has a good scene later, though, with, with her. She does, Cara. she does. Yeah. Like, but with... I'm... What I mean, she's the camp. She she is the campiest part of the show. Like for anybody who, and I've I've read comments and stuff for people that like the show, love the show, and for people that don't or don't want to give it a shot. If I have to admit that she is the only she's the thing that I think people look at who don't want to give the show a shot. They look at that and think that the whole show is is like that. Mm. You know, like when she's. That's talking weird. to her like it's like the devil's wear Prada type of thing, you know, like she she right. kind of acts that way. That that they think the show, the whole show, is like that. Hmm. Interesting. I, I heard that. Uh, yeah, I, I I like I like the character. I like the actress. Um, I keep forgetting Felista Clockhart or whatever Felista, her name is. Felista, Felista Clockhart. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mrs. Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> that's my life. Imagine those conversations. I don't do it as well as Donnie Salvo does. Donnie Salvo is a great, great old man Harrison Ford imitation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like the character. I like what it brings to the show. Um, and I mean, those little quips and little things. I mean, it's very much a if Perry White and the Devil Wears Prada chick combined. You know. I I, 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 I like the character and I I do kind of think though, okay, terrible girl, you know, the guys at the docks are screaming and hollering. Okay. 
She got the damn tanker away from there. Yes, she spilt some oil, but not the whole tanker's worth or anything. And she probably would have was able to patch it up to stop it. And so it's still a clean. No, she didn't. Thing. She well, left it. Maybe I'm not, saying, it, it, I'm not saying that it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying is, okay, how about she just let the damn ship explode then? I mean, a full tanker like that, you know what kind of damage and lives would have been cost there? Well, you know what? What I like, I know people, this is, I think that the show is taking aspects of everything. Even the movie, even the, even the movie that people think I, it's so dark. If you think about it, I could see people doing that. I could see them, you be a hero and you, you go to help and it doesn't exactly go the right way. I could see oh, people no, I it. Plus, I, I mean, if, I, if the jury is kind of still out on her, right. her cousin, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. About, I mean, Superman would obviously be a very dividing thing. It has to be, be, yeah. be very pro and some people would be very con. Like, when she comes back to the office, there's that scene with Maxwell Lord. Um, I was going to mention, I mean, Maxwell Lord, obviously a name that carries a lot of weight to comic book readers. Right. Uh, since the 1980s, um, who is you know going on about you know how you know when, you know Superman came to Metropolis and then all these uh, villains came after him. You know there's all this wreckage in the town. How can we afford? Can we afford in National City to have a hero you know like that who's going to cause the problems that Supergirl will bring to the city? You know, so there's I mean there's that whole angle of it. Because mm-hmm. we got to um, experience Superman now. I mean, this right. is, you know, he's been there for a little while. And again, so. it remind, uh, I know we keep saying it reminds us of the Flash, but it's that same thing. You know, mm-hmm. it, she has these abilities, but she's still trying to figure out how to use them. You know, and there's a, a few times in this episode that we are kind of reminded of that. I mean, yeah, she counts on them too much. To the but I will say about Cat Grant, the Cat Grant character, mm-hmm. that like what, what she tells um, Kara that she would tell Supergirl if she was. You know, interviewing her mm-hmm. is exactly what Karen needs to hear at that point. Oh yeah, not wrong. You know, oh like, yeah, 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 not wrong. Like, you know, start out small rather than trying to jump ahead to the mm-hmm. to the top or whatever. Uh, trying, you know, trying to start at, you know the top of the class. Um, we um we also find out that uh, Cat Grant puts out the ultimatum to James Olsen. Uh, we're going to get an interview with Supergirl in the next twenty four hours, so you're going back to the Daily Planet. Um, plus in that scene, also, I mean, with the Cat Grant character, she also explains why she has such a chip on her shoulder about mm-hmm. Supergirl and about the Daily Planet. So, Right. Well, um, okay, go ahead. No, no, no I, I, I was saying we could elaborate more on it when we get to yeah. that scene. Oh. Um, there's a, a scene with a, a escapee from Fort Roz um, who attacks some workers at a chemical plant stealing some chlorine. Uh, Karen knows all about this uh, species. It's called Helgramite. It kind of reminded me of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. Yes. Like an, an insect stri- you know, <laughs> stuck yeah, well, in a human suit. It was that, and it kind of reminded me of Predator a little bit, too, the way its mouth worked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and I was going to say, too, starting out with the Flash formula is not a bad thing. It's, it, it's working, and, you know... I think that what you do is, and it's probably exactly what they're doing, is they're, you know, spinning this out, you know, with that formula that worked. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to, after probably six, eight episodes, I'm going to start finding and get, setting its own tone, you know, or its own, it'll... well, its own version of that tone. Oh, yeah, you know? I don't think it'll stop. I mean, it's not the exact tone of Flash, but I mean, I don't think, I think that they will keep that beat. There's a certain beat that the people that work on, I, well, on the shows do. There's a certain optimism that both shows have. 
Right. Does it they're be- definitely not like you know Netflix's Daredevil or something. I mean, these no, are very it, like it, upbeat. They're lighter. They're they're very optimistic. You know, and uh, type and heroes. They're they're heroes just learning how to use their powers and just right. starting out. So of course, some of those elements are going to be similar. And there, there's a there, and by what I mean by beat is there's a certain thing that rhythm. Everything. Every show has a certain rhythm, right? Of how they do things, and this show. Because the showrunners, they have a certain rhythm of how they do it, meaning uh, there are certain things that's going to be... I think Supergirl will be a lot like The Flash in terms of you get... the uh, Something happens, you get a lesson. Like, there's a theme, there's a lesson in each episode for the for the hero. And there seems to be... And, and you will continue to have that. Like, it puts them through certain... It, it it matures the character every episode. There's something they have right. to go through, okay. yeah. and it's a call. And then they call back to it in the beginning. It starts in the beginning of the episode. There's something, and then they kind of call back to it. And then they have to rise above when they learn something new. And even when they learn something new about how learn a new ability, like it's something they go through. So they they either get a lesson from somebody in the cast. Like it, it's always something like that. Flash did it again. I mean, it, for this most recent episode, it was really uh, he went through the same process of having to learn uh, something about himself again from his mentors. Right. We then get this, this really cool scene with Alex and Kara uh, fighting in a kryptonite uh, lined room. Mm-hmm. Basically, just a bunch of green lights came on, and it wasn't enough to like knock Kara out, but it was enough to weaken her to the point where Alex and and she could have a fair fight. Right. And then, you know, Alex kind of shows Kara how she really doesn't have any fighting style. She just kind of relies on her strength. It was she... Ollie and Flash all over. Ollie and, and uh, Barry all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. good way. I mean, in a good, a good way. Yeah, I like the, the, the interaction of those two actresses, too, I think, mm-hmm. all together and off of each other. Wasn't um, there, like, a big story in, in some of the older Superman comics that had a similar scene with Superman and I forget who, but... Was was kind of done like that. What do you mean in the in the comic books or in the yeah 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 in the comics? What do you mean about him having to, to train to fight? Train to fight, you know, as a, as a mortal or or as equal powered. Oh, that's always been a thing. Even Batman had to yeah. train him how to fight hand to hand because he he was kryptonite. Um, yeah. There was something with kryptonite. That I just when it, this scene came on, it wasn't just the the fighting thing though. It was like that room. I just I've seen that before, and I was thinking it must have been in the comics, but yeah, prob- probably so many stories, but there probably was something like that. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't. I'm, it's not ringing any bells for me. Um, it's a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a cool scene. It proved. It taught something. Like Daryl was saying, you know, Kara's learning something that she just can't. Rely on her brute strength, and we find she out she learns a lot of lessons in this episode. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But um, we she goes back to Kara goes back to work, and uh, she's kind of sore and covers it up by saying she's taking a kickboxing class. And this is where we get that scene with Cat Grant saying that you know she had to work her way up at the play, Daily Planet from intern you know up to gossip columnist, and finally you know she got her shot to be editor in chief here in National City. So we get all the backstory on Cat Grant because I mean we right. all. We know the character from the comics, but we don't really know this version. Mm-hmm. Um, then we also get the the whole bit about how you know, she would tell Supergirl to start small, and then uh, to work her you know, work her way up to something bigger. You know, rather than trying to start out by moving on 
Well, Tanker, you know, maybe start right. out by putting out a fire or something. Barry yeah, again, yes. like yeah. Barry went through the similar thing yeah. of, of starting small, you know, trying to get his experience to work up experiences to to be able to handle metahumans. I well, think that at this point, this is one of the best character scenes in the two episodes so far. I, I really enjoyed what went on through this. Uh, we get a scene with Aunt Astra and two of her Kryptonian minions um, cornering the Halgramite. Um, Astra wants to use the Halgramite to lure out Supergirl. Astra, by the way, uh, looks just like Supergirl's mom. Twin right. sister, I guess. Yeah, I assumed. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, and then, uh, again, taking another beat from Flash, uh, Kara assembles Team Supergirl, <laughs> which is basically Wynn and James, and Wynn and James find out that they both know about each other. Or that was a funny see. scene. I like that scene. Yeah, where they're both on the alley together. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, you know, meeting a um, friend, you know, uh, so I'll just, uh, yeah. And then they're both at the same time, they're like, he knows. That's right. good. Yeah, that was a good Alex shows up and uh, reprimands Kara for telling Wynn. And James about her secret, but Alex is really there to apologize, and they they kind of make up. Uh, the DEO decided to lure the Hellgramite out by putting a large supply of chlorine out in National City, mm-hmm. but the trap doesn't quite work out, and uh, the Hellgramite kidnaps Alex, who brings Alex to an Astra, and an Astra says that she's here to save the world, and the mm-hmm. humans. Oh, isn't that nice? I'm so glad she's here to save the world. Yeah. Cat continues to, to, uh, continues to press James about the, uh, the Supergirl interview. 24 hours. He has to make it happen. Kara tells him you know, that she'll do it for him. And then he says, you know, well, you know, I came here to be my own man. And she says, you know, well, part of being your own man is knowing when to accept help. And then she said the S on her chest is, stands for a Kryptonian phrase that means stronger together. Mm-hmm. Which is goes against what they said in Man of Steel, where he said it meant hope. So, yeah, I thought I I was waiting for her to say the same thing. I thought they were going to say hope too. Yeah. Well, that's a John Byrne thing. I mean, they, yeah. From, but anyway, uh, Kara's Kara's definitely not going to go alone. She's got Wynn and James and mm-hmm. Alex and Dio all by her side. Kara and James heart to heart is interrupted by Hank, who tells her about Alex being abducted. Kara tracks down Alex. Finds her being held by her Aunt Astra. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a, a difference between The Flash and Supergirl, because Supergirl is meeting her nemesis way earlier. Yes, earlier than <laughs> I thought. Run. Really it's earlier than I thought. Yeah. It played out a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think she might not be the the big bad. That's... Real big bad, yeah. Right. There might be something even worse coming along. Zod might be back there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um... As they fight, Astra reveals that Alora sent his third to Fort Roz for trying to speak the truth. Hmm. And trying to be a hero and trying to save their world. Uh, Kara, like, gets her butt kicked most of the point, most of the time, and then she remembers a move from her, her tricks. Uh, she uses it, and it's when Hank shows up, Astra tries to kill him, but he stabs her with a kryptonite knife. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of kryptonite laying around. Yeah, and she runs away. Is there just like a bulk kryptonite warehouse somewhere? Um, they go it's, back. Yeah, it's probably in the back room in that little warehouse on Gotham. <laughs> sure, probably behind the store from that guy with the gun supermarket. Uh, yeah, it does seem to be a lot of that. Yeah, they have a lot of kryptonite sitting around, or they must have found some way to generate kryptonite radiation without actually. 
They, I don't know. I, I would like if they explained that a little bit. Yeah. They had that whole kryptonite room earlier. I'm just like, wait a minute. It's got it. Something's got to come up where because now she really, you know, she was surprised by being hurt by that. Mm-hmm. So it's got to come up now uh, down the line. I don't think they just do that out there for no reason. The uh, the goes back to the DEO, and uh, Alex gives Kara her little room of solitude. Inside the DEO. It has a hologram of her mom that's like a database of Kryptonian information. Mm-hmm. Again, like another um, nod to the movies, kind of. Yeah, yeah so very much so. Marlon Brando, you know, um, uh, computer, you know, in the Fortress of Solitude. First, you know, she wants to, to like, you know, give her mother, to, hold, to hug her mother, but that, you know, isn't going to happen because it's a hologram. So she asks for everything that it knows about Astra. Right. And then we have in the, one of the very last scenes, Hank, like, uh, Walks away from Alex after Alex mm-hmm. thanks him, and his eyes are glowing red. Now, dun, dun, dun. you know it makes me another thing that makes me think of Flash as well is Hank Henshaw has been the one who's been pushing uh, Supergirl to train and to get better. Like it's her sister, Alex wants her to do it too, but the when she really pushes her, it's because Hank is at is is pretty much ordered her. To do things like put her in that room, and 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 uh, you know spa with her a little bit like that was his, he did that he did that to embarrass her just like Harrison Wells and Barry just like Harrison Wells I mean I could see him trying to you know like there there's subtle themes of it, it seems like he's trying to make her a better uh, a better fighter at the same time he seems to want to protect her. For something else, right? That's cover. Yeah, get her stronger to to so he'll be better placed to do whatever he is plotting, planning. Because when the eyes went red, I said, "Oh boy!" Now we know from we know in the comic that Mm -hmm. Hank Henshaw is the Superman or the Cyborg Superman. He was kind of originally a Reed Richards analog, right? They kind of repurposed to be the Cyborg Superman. In the famous reign of the Superman storyline that happened after the big death of Superman, that everybody remembers from the 90s. Mm. So, and, I don't know and, if they're going to use him in that way here or not. But. Well, there's an implication, though, where he said he lost his family, just like right. Hank. And that was a thing with Hank Henshaw's character, too, is that his family died from the virus or the radiation that mm. changed him into right. what he was. Right. So, so interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, the yeah. last scene of the show, Cat Grant gets in her car and uh, Supergirl shows up and whisks her away to a secluded right. mountain for their one on one interview. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. I like this episode yep. quite a bit. Me too. I give it a B. Plus. Yeah. I, 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 uh, give it a... I enjoyed it a lot. I like the way they're setting things up. I like the stories. Mm-hmm. I like the. the they, they, I was kind of wondering if they were going to go like kind of freak of the week with it, like the kind of the kind of way Flash has or whatever. But they have it seems like they have more of an overarching storyline to start out with than Flash did to begin. So uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I give it a B plus. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was an enjoyable episode. It's just funny how people look at it. Why? Well, just how. Um, some of us, some of, uh, who are comics fans as well, but who look at the show and they go, oh, it's not for me. Like, it's too this or it's too that. And I think a lot of it is because it's a female in the lead. 
in positions because Cat Grant is not that far from being James Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man story. You know the way that she is with the paper. I like if they had changed genders. I mean, right? It did be Jonah Jameson. It, it it would be no big deal. But I think you know some of us have to look at it and they only see that it's a woman and then they go, I I can't get into this. Uh, it's I, too different. It's too bad because it's a good show. Well, small-minded people don't need to be watching good entertainment anyway. They need to go read a book. Um, well, I say, <laughs> well, I only say that to, not everyone, but I only say that to the point of the ones who like who like the Flash, and then at the same time they're like, I can't watch Supergirl. <laughs> Why? And I and like, I look oh, and man. I look at it and I go, I'm looking at the show. I can see the same exact things. You know, like the same types of beats that are that people love in the Flash show. A lot of that is going on. The same themes are going on in this show. And as as upbeat and positive as Grant Gustin plays uh, the Flash, Melissa Benoist, it, it, she's up the ante. I mean, she brings such a positive and fun energy to the same type of story. That, you know, it, it, I would say this would be a solid B because it follows that, that, um, that formula that's working and people are loving, um, too bad they're small minded folks like what you're talking about, Daryl, but, uh, you know, it's great, but I actually will give it a B plus like Jim. And that's because it does all that, that I, I just mentioned, but it does it in a way that I just, I, I can separate it in my mind from the flash, you know, and enjoy the story. And a lot of the little, uh, you know, things people are saying are cheesy and th- stuff like that. You know, I'm a guy that my favorite comic stories are from the sixties and seventies. And this is the kind of stuff that was in those books. You know, the, the very, very much superhero, this is a job for Supergirl, And I love that. So, um, so far the first two episodes have been very, very solid and it's a very promising season. Yeah. I like where they're going with the character and just like, uh, how uh, uh, Barry was in the beginning because he's a metahuman. You know, it's easier to, it's like uh, Arrow is different. Arrow, you're not a metahuman. It's all on training. Like everything goes to training. But if you're born with abilities or you get abilities, you kind of tend to, to, to fall on that and not you know, and not really uh, be mindful of of things. And she seems to be doing the same mistakes, where she jumps right into situations without thinking about it. And it's it's I mean it's subtle and it's happening little by little. But you know they're trying to teach her. But I'm glad she just didn't come into the show just knowing everything. She could do all you know, use all her abilities. Everything is great. Like it it's good to and it, I think it works with the audience. Like it did with Barry to see him learn, we get to watch him learn, and I think that that's something that they took and 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 I think they that they realized the audience something we responded positively to, and you know and added it to this show as well. And it's kind of fun to see her have to learn. And you know, it's the hero's it journey. It lets it lets yeah exactly. I was gonna say it lets yeah. it lets you the viewer in on the journey with them. You know, you're not just coming in at oh here's the point where they're already a hero. You know, 
yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's a smart way to do it. Yeah, it humanizes the character for sure. Right. Okay, well, let's go from the light and sunny world of Supergirl to the rather darker world of Gotham. Oh, I was going to say the bright, even brighter world of Gotham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Show I First, love. like, five minutes episode, this episode. <laughs> Uh, Rise of the Villains, uh, Mommy's Little Monster, the mm. name of this episode. Wow. Okay, We this episode begins right where the last episode ends, with uh, Penguin and Butch at the docks on their way to save Penguin's mom uh, with two henchmen. They get inside this uh, warehouse at the docks, and yes, Penguin's mom is there in a big, ca- uh, like a big cage, and so are Tabitha and Theo Gallivan. Uh, waiting for Penguin. Penguin orders Butch to shoot them both, and instead of shooting at the Galavans, Butch shoots the two goons that came with him and Penguin. Saw that coming. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, Butch evidently has been reprogrammed by Tabitha Galavan. They, she found said she, you know, she found the trigger word. Mm-hmm. I now, like that explanation though. What? Yeah, he did. yeah, I really know what he did to to, to Butch. Right. Um. So you know, Penguin begs. And, you know, Theo and Tabitha are like, oh, it really isn't begging. He get, ends up getting down on his knees and begging mm-hmm. uh, for his mom's life. So they let his mom free out of the cage. He holds his mom in her arms, in his arms. And while he is doing so, Tabitha Galavan stabs her. And she, uh, his mom dies in her, in his arms. I was not happy with that. That was, uh. I saw know, that coming. That was not great uh, for Penguin either. <laughs> Well, that was his weakness. That was his only real, you know, Achilles heel was his mother. Right. And right. to take that away now. Ooh, no, yeah, it. but, like, it's going to make him hell-bent on revenge, too, as we see yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Theo is, and uh, Tabitha are about to leave and let Butch kill Penguin. The Penguin calls Theo out for being a coward, you know, from a family of cowards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that 300-year-old shit really bothers Theo Gallivan. Oh, that's all he needed to hear. Yep. So he comes uh, uh, up, you know, real close to the penguin. Is like, any last words? And penguin says yes. And he pulls the knife out of his mother's back and says, "I will kill you." And uh, mm-hmm. pulls the knife, kind of slashes Theo's throat. Although I didn't see any evidence of like any kind of injury. Yeah, either. Afterwards in this episode, you know, what I mean, after I thought he'd like show up with like a big bandage and, you know, oh. I was attacked by this underworld, blah blah blah, you know, but no, nothing. He kind of uh, barrels his way past Butch, breaks through a window, and you know, um, gets away. Also goes to Pe- even Penguin. Like a lot of this was like uh, Penguin. You were so stupid to go and fall for this to go to this place and and to to do what you did. But the nice little callback to how smart Penguin has been all throughout the series is to manipulate him to get angry because that's why he did it. He did it to make him angry enough to get close to him himself. So he read him enough to know that that's his, that's his Achilles heel is, is his family history. Right. And even in, and even in a, in a, this was a dangerous situation. And to think on your feet that quickly. Well, Penguin is like the king of using, you know, your thing, whatever your, you know, your weak point against mm-hmm. you. you know. Right. So we you, don't you forget that. that. I like, yeah. I like how they did that to him because yep. actually, out of everybody on this show, Penguin's the only one that's been able to do anything to get over on this guy so far. And plus, I mean, how many times now has Penguin talked his way out of getting killed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it just seems so like true. 
it happens. He's been um, in this, this thing a lot. We then cut to a scene with both Edward Nigmas. Uh, glasses wearing Nebushi Ed Enigma, and then, of course, Dark Side yes. <laughs> Enigma. Yeah. And while Glasses Ed Enigma has been asleep, Dark Side Ed Enigma has been playing games with Kristen Kringle's body. Oh, no. Uh, game, really, like, kind of horrible, creepy games. Um, and, and he leaves a riddle for himself mm-hmm. on the bed. He says, uh, find. Find was it find her? You know, find Kristen uh, under her initials down at the uh, police station. So you know, frantically he gets dressed. He has this conversation with himself. He's like, "Why are you doing this to me?" He's like, "No, you did it to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. quite literally." And uh, he, after you know, frantically searching the police station high and low, uh, realizes it's the, the letters KK in the vending machine. Which happened to be Ladyfingers, and behind about two or three packs of Ladyfingers are her hand. <laughs> it's her hand, um, her actual Ladyfingers. And after a frantic scene so of him great. pumping, he like pumps all this change in there so he can keep pushing the button, and it gets stuck in the ring. And he has to like shake the machine, and the cops looking at him while he's doing it. And then he uh, finally gets the hand out of the vending machine, and then there's another clue inside. Um, to lead him on, you know, like this goose chase. That's some dark stuff, boy. Yeah, yeah, they've really kind of hit up Elector and that guy, that, mm-hmm. that thing up. Um, it seems like, you know, Theo Gallivan is a shoo-in to be a Gotham's uh, mayor. Um, mm-hmm. Tabitha, you know, doesn't want to celebrate. She wants to, you know, raise a little howl. And she does by the end of the episode, for sure. Yeah, she does. Um, Silver is uh, convincing Bruce that she is her friend. By and then there's a scene, of course, with um, with Bruce and Selena, and Silver, where Silver pre- and Selena are alone, and yeah. Silver is like you know just pretty much tells her you know calls her everything but uh, but a nice person. Like calls her all <laughs> kinds of names and uh, mm-hmm. you know, tells her you know stay away from Bruce and also or, or she will you know mess her up. Uh, Selena reacts with Bruce and uh, and Alfred in the room, and then they just kind of have you know an awkward lunch, and then Selena leaves, um, you know, because you know Bruce kind of chooses Silver over Selena. Yeah. Uh, Gordon and Bullock watched the broadcast that announced Gordon's endorsement of Galavan, but Gordon is noticing something is fishy. In the Galavan situation. About time. Um, yeah, I would think it's about time. Because, <laughs> right. you know, Gordon doesn't, under, you know, Aspel doesn't understand why Penguin would want to take out mayoral candidates and burn buildings. You know, he has no idea why, you know, he would want to do that. Uh, Gordon, uh, you know, that's, you know, it seems fishy to him. Barnes, on the other hand, isn't wasting any time. He's siding with Theo, and they to, to you know quote unquote protect the people of Gotham. They're kind of instituting martial law. They put out an arrest warrant for the Penguin, courtesy of Harvey Dent, who showed up again in this episode. Uh, I don't think we've seen him in season two yet, have we? We haven't. I don't think so. Until this episode. Yeah. Um, Theo Gallivan comes down to talk to Barnes and everyone about this, and then uh, you know Gordon. 
it's not quite sure that you know that that uh, Barnes is you know understanding the implication of implementing pretty much like martial law in Gotham, but Gallivan you know tries to convince Gordon to remain on his side, but like he's already starting to doubt. You know the, yeah. the seeds of doubt have been planted. We go back to Ed Nigma, who is led to the ME's office. And there's Kristen's body sitting in the, in the uh, medical examiner's office. And who should come by to visit but Lee? Dang it. Now, did anybody think that at this point he was going to have to kill Lee? I didn't think they were going to kill Lee, but I, I didn't I, I think thought... so. Yeah. I definitely thought it was a possibility that he was ready. Like, he gave off the vibe that he was ready to do it. Oh, he would have did it. But I, I knew he wasn't going to do it yet. Um I, th- I thought something would happen to, to distract her from from looking. Enigma uh, makes it back to the Emmy's office to take care of Kristen's body, and Darkseid Ed shows up again. And uh, but he's not really talking Ed this time. He makes it clear that you know, you know Kristen's death might have been tragic, but he actually kind of enjoyed it, and he enjoyed the game, you know, of hiding the body in plain sight and not getting yep. caught. And it seems like, you know, just a little bit closer to the Riddler. Um, you know, finally, you know, actually becoming one, you know, person or whatever. It was it was probably, for me, like one of the most interesting parts of this episode. Anyway, that, that actor is really killing it. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, that's true. Theo comes on, uh, comes at Penguin in the press with a press conference and, you know, makes jokes or makes jabs about his mother. Mm-hmm. Penguin is not, you know, buying that, and you know, even though Penguin knows he's getting his buttons pushed, you know, he's gonna, you know, tonight's tonight. He says he's going to kill Theo Gallivan. Ominously, bum bum bum. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Bullock finds out that Butch has started his own crew. Hey, why and, not? Uh, Gordon decides to talk to Butch to find out what's going on with uh, with Penguin. What happened? Um, while they, <laughs> while they're there, um, uh, Gordon. This is when Gordon tells Harvey Bullock about the penguin, right? And his suspicions about Theo. Um, he knows that the, you know what the penguin is doing isn't the isn't you know the, why you know isn't something that's going to help the penguin out. He must be working for Galifant. And this is when Butch reveals to them how Theo kidnapped Penguin's mom to trap Penguin to doing what he did. And while they were um, while they're discussing this with Butch, uh, Zaz and his cronies show up to kill Butch. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and quite uh, a few of them are there to kill Butch. Yeah. So Gordon and Bullock are standing you know standing there trying to get this information out of Butch. Butch's mm-hmm. uh, new crew like abandoned him. Oh they're like, yeah, <laughs> like we're not doing this. See you later dude. Yeah. And um, there's a big shootout, and then uh, you, know, you know Gordon you know figures out that you know Butch might be right. You know Gertrude hasn't been seen anywhere. Theo might have just killed Gertrude, right. you know to you know to for you know Penguin's sake. His gang, Penguin has uh, got his moved together. He has a whole gang of guys dressed as he as the Penguin. All of his men are dressed as Penguin and walking toward the party with limps. So they can't figure out who the real penguin is. Very smart. Yeah, there's like they're all with shotguns. Like, oh, that was genius. Them limping around. That, that was that was, <laughs> that was 
that is that is showing like cause in, in think in the beginning of that scene I was thinking what I mean that's not very smart because they're looking for you like you you're the main guy but when he had them all dress up and do the limp right like I, I was like yeah. that's the penguins plus thing. they just go through and slaughter those people at the party oh, it just seemed like they were kidding. killing everybody left and right you know he was killing every one percenter they could find I don't think there's too many left that uh, it got them city right now I mean before Gordon can tell the rest of the strike force what's going on yeah you know the penguins descend on the party and just kill everybody man I mean uh, he just was just blowing them away um, one of the strike force officers discovers Tabitha with the sniper rifle. Bye-bye. And she takes him down with the heel of her boot. Sure does. Pretty gross. Um, Penguin finds Gordon as he's getting this, trying to get Theo out to, uh, to safety. And they have a Mexican standoff. And, uh, you know, Penguin tells you know, Gordon that, you know, he, that Theo killed his mom. Uh, Tabitha takes a shot and hits Penguin in the shoulder, but he ends up escaping into another car. And then... Um, uh, Galvan makes another press conference about uh, forging in a baptism of fire um, for a new path for Gotham and even after all this had happened and uh, we also uh, we also get like this thing about um, you know Silver continuing to manipulate Bruce so Galvan can get his hands on uh, Wayne Enterprises um, and then we have a scene with Gordon confronting Galavan telling him he's going to clean up the city but his plan is to start cleaning it up with him, which is pretty bold. Oh yeah, considering yeah, yeah. Galvan's the new mayor and everything. He, he so. told him as much. Do you think Silver knows the plans of Galavan? I don't know. They're playing it like really close. Like whether she does or not, it could go either I way. I think he's manipulated her from a young age so she's going to oh, yeah, do what he tells her to do i don't think she knows the whole shebang but i think she's just going to follow what he tells her to do yeah yeah because of, you know because of how and i think i think there's still a chance for her to to come out of it and be and get redemption if you know they kind of if they once his character is taken care of then she's kind of forced to deal with, you know, what has happened. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So what do you guys rank this episode? Uh, I was pretty glad. I, I give it a B again. It's killer bees like, this week. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I did enjoy those. Those scenes with Penguin, I mean, even though I, you knew some of this stuff was going to drop the way that it dropped, it was still good that they threw in there the things they threw in there because that Penguin's plans really, you know, manipulating him to, you know, to try to come and kill him, which gave him the time, the, uh, the game what he needed to get out of there was one and having it, you know, just, just having, uh, coming up with that plan of dressing everybody up like the Penguin and, you know, the way that he came in and assaulted the, the party, it was, it was, uh, that was another good one. Yeah, I have to agree. I, that's, uh, I'd say it's a solid B. Um, <clears throat> I loved all the penguin stuff. Um, I, I really, really have enjoyed 
the journey for Ed, Ed you know, in, and everything that's going on there. And to see the little note with the question mark on it was great. Just so many little things that uh, that just hint to him becoming Riddler and how good that's going to be. And I really look forward to that. I hope that that completes that arc by the end of this season. That would be cool to see. Um, I was really not blown away with the Bruce and Silver scenes. I just I just can't believe that. I find the whole subplot kind of troubling. Yeah, yeah, troubling, Mm -hmm. but also just Alfred's not dumb. And Right. I, I just, for him to not, especially after that dinner, not smell something fishy. Smell the heebie-jeebies. Just, yeah, of, uh, I just, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But um, as far as the rest of it, yeah, I, I'm liking the whole Theo Gallivan stuff, but I'm just, it's not quite giving me what I was expecting. I was really thinking we were going to get, you know, a lot more of this historical stuff of Gotham and and we still might, but you yeah, know, it, I was wanting to see some more of that. So, but it 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 was a good episode. I mean, this season so far has stayed pretty consistent, especially considering how all over the map it was in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yep, it really has found a good tone. I give it a B as well for this episode. Shall we run on to the Flash? We shall. <laughs> see what I did there? Run, run, run. I saw what you did. Hey, hey, hey. The episode's called The Darkness and the Light. Why? Because we get to meet Dr. Light this episode, everybody. Ping, ping, ping. And we get to meet Harry. Yeah. Harrison Wells of, of Earth 2. Yeah, we do. Uh, the opening scene has this whole bit with Harrison Wells um, on Earth 2, which mm-hmm. seems like it looks a lot like, um, uh, like the world of Fallout before the bombs fall. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got like the yeah. whole the whole Art Deco theme to it. It even looks futuristic the way that it, but it's not. But it looks futuristic, or what we thought of as futuristic back then. Right. We. It's right. funny because futuristic for TV is usually they just make it really bright. Either either the world is going through really something dark and they make it really dark and and dreary, or they they give it the bright looking colors to show. Uh, we get the scene with uh, with Harrison Wells from Earth Two, showing off his new uh, invention, a a, a meta human speedster detector, mm-hmm. so people can protect Cerebral. themselves, right? Pretty much Cerebro on arrest, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so people can protect themselves from Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flash shows up at the demonstration, and him, he and Wells have some words. They are oh not, yeah, they're not good friends. I would have words with the apparently not. Uh, after this opening scene, we get to meet Harry at Star Labs on Earth One. Uh, they call him Harry to keep him separate from Harrison Wells, and this Harrison Wells is very different from the Harrison Wells that they knew. Um, he's very he's an ass. Well, he is. Well, as Cisco call Cisco call, says, he's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, That's definitely, and yeah. he definitely was. But we also find out by the end of the episode why he's so driven to stop Zoom. You know, we get the two sides of the coin. We have Jake Garrick, who's telling um, Team Flash, you know, we got to take it easy, methodically go after Zoom. We can't, you know, just rush into things. And then you have Harry from Earth 2 who's like, look, dude, we got to go now. We got to get Zoom now before he kills anyone else. We have to save lives. And these are the two viewpoints we get through the whole episode from those two sides. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, a few times. 
Uh, and plus, of course, you have the you have the great scene where Joe walks in, he sees Harrison Wells, <laughs> and kind of he pulls his gun out <laughs> and starts shooting. And Barry has to catch the bullets, and they explain to him that no, this isn't the Harrison Wells from our world. This is Harrison Wells from Earth Two, and yes, I know he's the man. He looks just like the man who stabbed my mom, so I'm having some trouble dealing with it as well. <laughs> there's a, we then have a scene to um, uh, after that, Cisco. Oh, also there's a scene here where Harry calls uh, Cisco Crisco. He does. It's like <laughs> <laughs> accidentally. Was, yeah. I didn't catch that until I watched the episode a second time. I'm like. It's like having you have Wells back. There, there was something missing by not having this actor on the, on the show anymore. That's kind of feels like it's it, it's back. He's back. I mean, you get you get Wells, but you get Wells. You, he's not. You, he's dick. not. He's not you get by, yeah, he's right. not like possessed by evil. Nope. but he's still a, a pompous dick. Totally. <laughs> totally. And he still likes to hide secrets. Yes, he does. So we find out at the very end of the episode. Uh, Cisco, uh, when they're at the, the uh, CC Jitters Barista, where, you know, this is where they always hang out, by the way. Uh, CC Jitters. I, I have to say, that is a huge coffee shop. I know. It it's is. Like, they must sell a lot of coffee, dude. I would love to have a coffee shop big like that in but, uh, an area around me. Cisco decides to like, take a chance and ask the, uh, the girl there out, and mm-hmm. she shoots him down. And he took it like a man. But he was cool about it. You know. He took it like a man. He, he, he was like, you, do, you know, it's like, hey, do you know what I mean? He said, all right. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I can it's still not, come in and say hi to you. I can I'm still get coffee. It's not yeah. weird. You know? Yeah, I'm not mad at you. Um, little does he you know, we find out later, that is Kendra Saunders. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Uh, Hot Girl. Hot Girl. Yeah. When I saw that, that attractive an actress, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's right. <laughs> I had to go yes. back and look at the photo on IMDb. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I knew Meadows in town from Earth 2, Dr. Light, um, the guys from Earth 2 both know who she is, and, um, she, you know, has these, you know, bright, uh, light emitters, much like the Dr. Light that we know from the comics. Um, she's, but, you know, Jay keeps telling Barry, you know, hey, on our Earth, she's a small-time criminal. Right. You could probably talk her, talk her down. But Harry's like, no, you got to take her out. She's one of Zoom's. Zoom sent her here, and if she's here, she's desperate, and she will do anything, including trying to kill you. And Barry finally gets it together and asks Patty out on a date. Oh, Yay. That's because somebody kicked him in the behind. That's because Cisco pretty much was like, look, dude. Look, man, if, I'm, if I got Kendra Saunders. <laughs> I'm saying. You can ask out Patty Spivett. Enough already with the, you know. She's obviously bleeding. into you, dude. Exactly. You know you like her, so just stop doing that. Um, Cisco is not real happy with Harry uh, making uh, himself at home in Cisco's lab and playing music that Cisco does not approve of. <laughs> I still think that Cisco handled himself well throughout this entire episode. Everything, I mean, he even tells, there's a scene where he tells, you know, dude, almost like every, every person in this cast gets a chance to tell the new Wells, like, Oh, yeah? Well, this is what Wells did to me. You know? Right. Cisco's like, you know, Wells put his hand into my chest and stopped my heart. Okay? And he's just so dismissive. Well, here's the thing. This is where he lets slip that Barry could travel through time. Mm Mm-hmm. And that intrigues Harry, of course. And Harry listens to everything. Like, he is smart still. Like, this is a really smart and calculating dude, even though this is not, 
you know. He came up with the eye cerebro. Uh, yeah. But I but he but he he's watching like even as he's making people mad, he's still learning everybody's secrets. Like right. you notice that? Like the him uh poking people, it wasn't just to do it. He's been poking them to get them to tell him him things that they That's wouldn't right. tell. And you like, can tell that later when he reveals Cisco's secret. Exactly. I mean, like he's the kind of thing. Like first of all, he reveals Cisco's secret. Second of all, he reveals that he found out that Barry traveled right. through time, which is something that was supposed to be a huge secret. Right. No but, one was supposed to know about. But it. they totally he they, their guard is down because they're so busy being angry at him because he says things to make him to on purpose to piss them off so badly. He's been getting information that he needs. Plus, their guard is down because, you know, they're so mad at him because he's Wells. Oh, and that scene with Joe when he first saw Wells. Right, when he pulls his gun out. Oh, pulls his gun and shoots. He doesn't even... He doesn't hold No hesitation. He just, like, saw me. He's like, no, no. (laughs) He He does not pause. Like, I love... And they're doing a... They get better and better in show and speed, even when he's not in the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great when he catches yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I that did. Great I really scene. Like yeah, I really like when they do that too. Cisco's able to catch a vibe, and they find out that the the uh, he sees a vision of Doctor Light in a bank vault. Mm-hmm. Barry goes to confront her, knocks off her helmet, and who is it but Linda Park of Earth Two? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Um, she, Linda Linda gets away by flashing uh, light and blinding Barry. Uh, his regenerative powers will be, you know, will kick in soon enough and he should have his eyesight back. But unfortunately, tonight is his date with Patty Spivet. Right. His powers only spurt back when he gets excited by a woman. Yeah, I guess so. Because <laughs> it was the I totally understand, back. Bear. I totally Not, nothing wrong. Look, hey, that, that happens to all of us. We get a little stronger when we get excited by a woman. Because by the end of the episode, his sight is back. Yeah. Um, uh, what must be like a swipe at Daredevil, I would think. Uh, Donnie puts on, or Barry puts on these big shades. Mm-hmm. And tries to carry on with the date with Cisco watching through uh, micro. Uh, that was funny. Uh, uh, cam- video cameras. Nice Barry, little comic relief. But yeah, it was it was a funny thing. And then finally, yeah. Patty's like, "Look, you can't see me at all, can you?" Because <laughs> Patty's not an idiot. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Cop. You know, she well, played along with it for a while, but yeah. then she's like. You can't see me at all, can you? I'm a freaking cop. I mean, why even fool try to fool her? Just... I just thought it was played. I just thought it was played out well the way she was. Just, it did. Hey, come on. Totally. They uh, they have their first kiss, and then they immediately both get calls from work. Yeah, that because that heals it. Uh, Doctor Light attacked the uh, paper where Linda works. She well, can't... on top of that, uh, speaking of on top of that, uh, Caitlin is really digging Jake Eric. Oh yeah, she's like, I'll come along. I'll, I'll hang out with you. Ask yeah, me there's out. a scene. There's a scene where they're staking him out later. Mm-hmm. That yeah, they're you know together in the van and just about to kiss, and then the van gets zapped by Doctor Light. But that's right. that's a little bit later in the episode. Um, they go to the uh, the newspaper office, and you know Linda uh, from Earth Two had come there to try to kill Linda from Earth One. But uh, their editor got in the way, and uh, she accidentally killed him. And then got, you know, she was able to get away. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, you knew the mistake happens when you, he gets a little bit of a storyline. You know, like they they do that little thing with him showing his character in the beginning. Yeah. When they um after when the um everything uh, the smoke clears or whatever the uh, Doctor Light's helmet is left behind, mm-hmm. and uh, Harry knows exactly. Well, how... uh, Iris saves the day. Yeah, Iris actually kicks a little butt to get her, get uh, everybody saved. Yeah, she already knows how to shoot a gun. Didn't have to have that scene of you know I don't know what to do. Right, like he she trained her and how to use the gun. And uh, she's a cop's daughter, of course. She's right. a cop's daughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, because of her shooting, the helmet gets knocked off of Linda's head, and Linda gets away. The helmet is left behind, and the, uh, the Star Labs crew, Harry, knows exactly how they're going to find Linda. They're going to have Cisco touch the helmet, and this is where he, Cisco gets outed as being a metahuman. Right. Yep. He shows him with the law, like you said, I Cerebro. He, he mm-hmm. lays it, and um, Cisco explains. First of all, he explains, you know, not. Um, he explains, you know, what happens to him, like he gets a vibe or whatever from what he, you know, these things he touches right. or what have you, and then uh, he explains why he wanted to keep it a secret. Yeah. And Wells tells them nothing. Like I know, well, you can tell Wells has been messing around with those computers, you know, but instead oh, of yeah. letting him know he's been snooping in the computers, he puts on loud music and acts obnoxious so that it throws off. Right. Uh, it throws Cisco off because he would have noticed something like that, and he knows why. Why did he turn off the uh, satellite? You know, to notify them of of metahumans and stuff. Like, why is that still off? Like, he yeah. all these little clues that are just been right, sitting around, and he figures it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cisco touches the helmet. Nothing happens. <laughs> Harry like barks at him to try and try yeah. again. No, you know, it's definitely not the Harrison Wells, you know, talking them slowly through it like it got before. But he gets results. And finally he slams the helmet into Cisco's chest and that triggers a, a vision yeah. of her at the train station. Um Pisser I think I think it were it has to work with him being uh either emotionally something happens to him emotionally, like getting turned down by the by Kendra, that kinda, you know. His emotions is, I think, what sets yeah. it off. I think that's what he's gonna learn. His emotions sets off the ability, the powers. He can't just, he just can't be in a state of just rest or whatever. He has to be in a state of either uh, agitation, anger, fear. It has to be something like that to set these powers off. But actually, we get the scene with, uh, like I said before, with Caitlin and Jay mm-hmm. in the van about to kiss, and then Doctor Light puts a whammy on it. Yes. Barry speeds off to the train station, and he has to do, learn a yet a new speed trick, which is pretty cool. Uh, he creates a speed mirage. He moves so fast that he leaves like after images of himself that the eye cannot. Oh wait, wait, follow. are we missing something though? What are we missing? Didn't did Jay get into a fight with with Wells before that or after that? After they get light secured in the labs, you know, Harry Harry wants to him destroyed, and then Jay, you know, go, knows it's going to kill him. That's when they fight. Okay. And then Jay walks off. Because I was getting mixed up. Jay's like, like, Jay's like, I'm out of here. I can't. Yeah, he makes this. him look like a punk. This is a part of the show. It's, this episode that I did not like a portrayal that they've gone. I yeah, I don't understand yeah. why they were, you know, he would walk out, you know, I, yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to it. We're not anyway, we use the speed mirages. He's able to take in Dr. Light when they get back to the 
the uh, Star Labs. They put Dr. Light in the, you know, secured there. And uh, Harry is immediately like, we need to use it for bait to get Zoom. And Jay's like, no, it's too dangerous. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and he won't, he won't let Barry fight Zoom. And this is when him and Wells, you know, come to blows or they fight. And he put, I, do, I do not like that they, that it, it appears to be that Jay was scared of Zoom yeah. to the point of yeah. he ran well, I mean, from Harry it. calls him a coward. That's what he, that's what triggers him to right. But he was kind of right. That's what the, it did. My it appears yeah. to be kind of correct because he ran from Zoom for for two years. Yeah, because he was scared to fight him after a while. It seems like he fought him the first time he fought him. He beat him badly. Zoom beat him badly, and that caused him to. It appears well, way, to not fight him. Also, the way he explains it to Caitlin in that scene in the van, it's like you know, he was able to like stop him, but just barely. Right. Like he right. just barely was able to stop Zoom, you know, contain right. him. Um, but, and Jay says, you know, I, I can't be part of a suicide mission. You know, he's like, I'm sorry, Caitlin. Right. A little That's CW like, moment. Yeah, that was too CW. Yeah, like what? Very much so. What is that? Okay, I get it. The actor must have to leave for a while. Again, but you don't need to do that. I mean, that wasn't necessary to do to do that whole thing. So I think something's gonna happen where they get in over their head with Zoom, and he's gonna come in and, and help. I just, I just hope they don't I kill just, off. I just hope they don't kill him. I off. think, I think, I, and, and I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I think like we're kind of biased because we have an idea of Jay Garrick. We do. I am in our very mind, much so. Totally. Him being like selfless, totally. heroic, like the. Mm-hmm. He was the example of the others in the JSA looked up to. I mean, if you right. read the Jeff Johns JSA or even the James Robinson stuff, you know. Um, well, you he was like he was like the first of, of that. Yeah, this of that is a group, Jake, you know. And I, yeah, I totally, I'm totally influenced by the comics because this is a Jay Garrick that had no backup. Like, this, there's no yeah. JSA on that world right. to to help him. He's just on his own. But it just seems like he seems more. He was more heroic in the comics, and here he seems a little more scared, a little more reticent. Right. You know. Well, think about this too. Is it was mentioned, I think, in last week's episode that he's only been the Flash for like barely two years in Earth Two. I mean, we could be doing the same thing with him that we did with Barry, and what we were talking about with Supergirl is this is the journey we're seeing him go from this. You know, they're playing it as he very much doesn't understand how powerful he can be and how he well, put, they put him in a mentor a role of a mentor yeah yeah so and that, that kind of makes a mistake it a little bit yeah i think we said it before i think it would have played better if he had been fly jay garrick had been flashed for like 10 years or something yeah. Yeah. and they yeah. played him as more of a mentor to to barry like to help him with his powers or whatever rather than you know someone who has you know been at it maybe just a little longer than barry but knows a few tricks that barry does because it, it seems like they want to do this thing with caitlin so they didn't want somebody to to be too old, much older than I guess I don't know. than him. I don't know why they need to do this with Caitlyn because it seems kind of unnecessary to yeah. do. Yeah, it Caitlyn. seems kind of forced yet a little bit comic relief to it. You know, it yeah, it's just like there's no I don't I mean it doesn't feel like there's a need for Caitlyn. I think what they're him. doing is they're trying to show that she's moving on. That's fine. And then that's fine. Well, yeah, yeah, because you know, I think hasn't it been said or rumored that 
Ronnie would be coming back at some point. They haven't Probably. said one way or the other. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they've only listed. Um, it just would help with the storyline showing that she's moved on, but they're kind of forcing it in a way. So. Yeah. yeah, to be I'm, with Jay kind of, it does kind of feel like it's written more than it's a natural progression. We, uh, we get Cisco back at Jitters, and the girl that kind of shot him down before has reconsidered. I just want coffee. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, he, she's like, no, I, you know, I, I'm new to the city. I really don't know anybody. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I, you know, here's my number. All right. So I like that. That was cool. And so everything's coming up Cisco. And that's when, <laughs> uh, and that's when whatchamacallit comes back. The golden glider. Then, um, <laughs> uh, then they're sitting around, and uh, Barry suggests that Cisco calls himself Vibe. Yes, <laughs> and I guess they all approve of that. Then he starts break dancing for no reason, right? And his his uh, his shoulders, uh, the shoulder pads get really, really big. Yeah, he, 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 gets, he pulls out these, these shades with like yeah, the, the, it yeah, just grows on, on his him. face. It's <laughs> yeah. like a transformation he can't control. Totally, and a boombox kind of pops out from behind a chair out somewhere. Of nowhere. <laughs> and it's playing Rocket by Herbie <laughs> Hancock. Oh, man. And then he has he to talk. Some cardboard on the ground. Yeah, he has to talk and break dance at the same time. And then we got uh, the final scene of Zoom. He has Wells' daughter uh, in captivity, trapped on Earth 2. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we knew Wells it was is, something. Yeah, well, that's why Wells is so hot to take care mm-hmm. of Zoom. There's still something else too about the. It feels like there's something else that he's not saying. Oh yeah, right. And also, like, share your theory, Jim. It's a good theory. Well, I was thinking, uh, I, and the more I think about it, I don't know if it'll work or not. But um, I was thinking that, that Zoom might be the Henry Allen of Earth too, because if his wife got killed by a speedster. Right. Maybe he would try, you know, maybe he would, you know, try to amass speed to save her and then was never fast enough to speed her and the speed force kind of drove him mad. Just a theory. And here on this earth, he's found out, you know, Barry could have stopped it and didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's like, you know, for, for you know, him not being fast enough, he constantly is trying to get the speed from other speedsters. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's, like, it's just a theory. It's kind of half-baked. All right. And then the whole thing with him building it underground, so when it did create many humans, he hid the secret. Like I like what well, I do like this Wells being there though. I, I do. Oh, I agree. It definitely adds a different uh, a different flavor to the mix. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we went from like you know mostly beneficial to you know mostly beneficial but secretly evil mm-hmm. and an openly evil mentor, and then we had uh, you know, uh, Doctor Stein who was just like totally beneficial again. Right. Now we have Harry, who is like, like Cisco said, kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. And I was wondering how they were going. I knew they were going to play it differently, but I wasn't sure how. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad they took this direction. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good, a good direction. Uh, so what do you give the Flash this week? I give it a B minus, and the minus is uh, because of Jake Eric. That's the only minus I would, I would say. Yeah, I was going to actually give it a, a, a minus, but I have to agree with Daryl. That's actually, you know, why I'm giving it a B plus is because 
I, I don't like what they're doing with Garrick, and it's not just this week. I mean, just so far, I mean, they, they, they brought him in with a bang, and it was like, yeah, and then it just, just kind of fizzled. I guess he won't get his speed back till maybe the season, the mid-season finale, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, probably. I know, you know what, I know Zoom is a bit big, bad, bad and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with all that and everything. Mm-hmm. I need a little more of his story. I need yeah, a little more than yeah. just, he's fast and he's evil. Because <laughs> now he's like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Like, he's just a let, like, he's the boogeyman. Yeah. But there's no... There's no other, I mean, for me to care or to be really menaced mm-hmm. by him, I need to know a little more. Like, he what knows. is he doing? Like, he's like, if you, you just, he's just everywhere. I'm, just really, I'm, I'm really, really evil. You don't know what he's doing to this world. Like, what is he doing? Like, is he running around just killing people? Is he well? You know, like... And that's the thing too is is keeping that close to the chest is fine, but at least show us him instructing or ordering these other people he's sending to do, you know, and maybe a little bit of why he's having them do that. But in, they could still keep the overarching, you know, what he's got planned. And who he really is, completely secret, but at least give us that so that we're a little more intuitive as to, you know, why he's or what some of the motivation of these characters are besides this phantom. Ooh, Zoom's going to get them yeah, if they don't think, do it. Yeah, I think it's just like, I don't know, if you add a little more background to the character, it makes the evil more interesting and more menacing. Like when we found out the backstory of Eobard Thawne. Like, you know, what, right. what happened to him, why he got stuck and everything. And, you know, they, they spun that story off of, uh, out over a long period of time. But there was still a little bit more and a little bit more to keep you going to, like, he was bad, but now we understood why he was bad and, you know, why he, he did and why why Wells was the way he was and why, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just seemed like there was oh, more, yeah. more to it than just, oh, he's really bad, you know. So hopefully they'll give us a little bit more of that. As a I zombie loving basketball, yeah. So five, <laughs> two. This was a fun episode. Yes, because um, we get some Clyde. Uh, yes. Oh, we got yes. a lot of development with Babino this week. Very yeah. much so. Um, we'll we'll get to that in just a second. Our um, mm-hmm. reign of the week is from a basketball kids kids basketball coach. Um, this episode first starts off pretty much where the last one left off, where Major and Liv are like making out. In their hallway, yeah, and then do it, and then Liv freaks out because she's worried about turning him into a zombie. She gets all doctory, like, you know, are there any you know, open sores in your mouth, <laughs> like that? Yeah. And it, it, so it, romantic. Yeah, this it really is. Uh, you know, it's what the fire, all... and mm-hmm. uh, you know they end up. You know, Liv decides that they should just be friends for for right now. Here we go again. Back in the friend zone for Major. Yeah. <laughs> so they head off to uh, to the brain of the week, a security guard slash basketball coach. Right. Um, and Ravi makes that cool with a funny joke about it. shot through the heart and who's mm-hmm. to blame. And I actually like... said that line <laughs> right <laughs> with him because that's what went through. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> David and Liv just both look at him and he's like, oh, come on, no Bon Jovi fans? Come yeah. on. They had a nice little, little simpatico when they were, they were uh, joking around a little bit in the beginning. It's so <laughs> cynical and funny at the same time. Yeah. And, and I love Cly- Clyde's eyes when he when they... <laughs> 
when people fool around during a crime scene, his eyes just give it. It's yeah. just like that. That he's like that father. He goes, "Oh no, just you know, behave yourself." Well, we have this. Uh, we have the scene with uh, Liv having like a flash on one of the the kids' dads being abusive. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a this, dick. And this uh, basketball coach calling in, you know, protective service on him or whatever. And, you know, at first they think that's a viable thing, but he ends up having a pretty solid alibi. But Clive goes back to his house and just, and like, it was a, it was a really bizarre scene because it's like, like we said, we don't really get a lot of background on Clive. You know, uh, Clive goes, (laughs) Clive goes in and uh, just beat the crap out of this dude. Man. Um, And he says, you know, if he, if he lays a hand on his kid again, Mm. you know. Well, there was a switch that went off in his head and it's, and it's. You catch it by his, he gives it off with facial expression, which is hard to do for an actor. Like to not go through a dialogue and and say that I'm angry because I was, you know, like I I've experienced kids being hurt this way and it angers me. No, he didn't do all. I'm no, glad he no, didn't no. write that. He, he just drove all, up and he called mm-hmm. the guy out. And well, you knew he was going to do something because he no. had a look on the face when Liv told him yeah. she yeah. had that flash. Something and Clyde just went, and this is by the book guy. Like, this is the dude yeah. that follows the rules. Pretty much. But that set him off. Yeah. Well, there's that other scene, too, with Clive and the, that new detective. Mm-hmm. Where he is being chewed out by the captain for following up on the meat cues, uh Right. Um, crime. Whereas, you know, she's, you know, said it's over, it's done. And that detective's like doing like the fake rowing, mm-hmm. like all the gestures right. and everything behind the captain's face. Right. And I was like trying not to crack up. Yeah. And that was the funny scene too. It the, was. It really was. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like we were saying last week, like she's cool because she just totally busts his balls like she all does. the time. And it just totally works for him. She gets If there was him. somebody too nice to him, I don't think mm-hmm. he would trust that. No, he wouldn't. And she does. Right. She she gets through to him in a way that uh, that just Liv can't do yet. She's tried to, but she just can't get to get through to him yet. Uh, we find out that the uh, Supermax people need, or the Max Rager people need a blood sample from a uh, functioning zombie because the zombies they have are all insane. Mm-hmm. And um, Major asks for a stronger tranquilizer for the zombie murders because they just keep getting up. They keep waiting, yeah. Like he tells him the guy, you know, he tells the story about the guy who woke up in the trunk, whose dog he ends up, you know, first he pled for his life and then he pled for him to take care of his dog. Right. And he tells that story. <laughs> so he's like, I need stronger tranquilizers. Um, they, give him a, they give him a new batch of zombies to go hunt. So Major's trying to get his, his uh, stuff back on track. Kind of, he they, they show him a scene of him flushing his utopium down the toilet. Good choice, finally. Finally, he shaves. It's all because of Liv. Major goes out to uh, hunt uh, more uh, zombies. He breaks off his deal, his thing with Lydia. He's like, you know, whatever we're doing, we shouldn't be doing it since we're working together. And uh, he brings back eight files that all turn out to be negative, to which, you know, Lydia or Rita, I think her name is, is right, you know, Red. I don't know. She's different names to different people. Yeah. She's undercover. It says it's you know really unlikely that none of those eight people were zombies. Yeah, not smart, not smart. We had that one scene with Major when he's in the restaurant. He's kind of he walks up to a guy, kind of gets the tingle, and his you know his zombie sense goes off, 
and then their little son runs in, and he can't kill him. You know, there's no way he can do it, even though he is a zombie. We find out that Coach Mike, the guy who got killed, had a crowdfunding campaign to get his kids to basketball camp, and then somebody funded it right at the last minute. But they, you know, it's Bitcoin. It's, it was on Bitcoin, so there's no way they could trace it back. Right. Um, it turns out that a guy in the building owed a, a bit of a gambling debt to uh, uh, you know some uh, guy who came to pretty much like break the uh, the knee, dude's kneecaps. The guy has a, a baseball bat in his office. He fought the guy off. He was there to break his kneecaps and got blood on the, uh, the blinds. The live finds, and they're able to get a confession on a guy. And it turns out they killed Mike. He killed Mike basically just to be um, thorough. But this guy says that they actually have a fixer for their company that took care of that. And he was the one who killed Mike, not him. But they don't right. say who he is. Right. I don't know if they're like alluding that someone, a character we already know. Um, there's also uh, the subplot of this episode with Ravi and the Cure. He has all new rats, and he's using the tainted utopium that was given him to test out the new zombie cure. But, um, you know, Blaine shows up and expecting a big batch of the cure. Instead, uh, it turns out the tainted utopium is instant zombie killer, as the guy who cut the utopium to begin with, who is now a zombie, uh, thinks it's the cure and injects himself with it. Um, upon Blaine and Ravi both realizing this instant zombie killer, they both rush for the vial. They f- there's a cool scene where they're fighting. Great and that was a funny scene. I also. loved it. Scrambling all over the medical yeah. examiner's office. What could go wrong? Uh, getting the uh, the stuff, uh, trying to stop it. And finally, Ravi find, you know, gets within arm's reach of the vial and just smashes it with a, a, a vial of some other stuff. Keeping it out of Blaine's hands. Mm-hmm. So Major ends up uh, coaching Coach Mike's basketball team. He takes over, and then Liv takes over for a practice session as well. Was so great. She gives that really uh, funny inspirational speech that all the kids laugh at. This was kind of, and she's she's such a good actor, but it was at this moment I was like, man, she's so much like a um, type that. From Orphan Black, if you've watched that, uh, T- Melazny or whatever her name is. Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, just to take on all these different personas. I mean, in that show, it's clones, but this show, it's different personas of the brains, you know. And she's just so good at it. So good at keeping the character of Liv, but yet playing out this person who she ate. So great. We also get uh, scenes, uh, a couple more scenes of Babineau. Uh, after he, he got chewed out for the captain, by the captain for uh, insinuating that Captain Suzuki, the guy who died, the cop who died in the meat cute um, shootout, uh, had committed suicide. That's why the captain was chewing him out. Uh, Suzuki's widow comes in with a Tupperware container and says, uh, I don't know what this means. I found it in the sun back of my husband's fridge. Hopefully you can figure it out. And inside the Tupperware container is a piece of brain. Also in this episode, the uh, the blonde detective who is working with you know in the uh, same department as Babineau now, um, you know, found out he was getting chewed out over the meat cute case, and lets Babineau in on the fact that a um, strands of hair that were found at the meat cute uh, crime scene uh, were DNA matched to Alan York, the astronaut that had disappeared, the one we know that Blaine served to all of his, right. or tried to serve to all of his customers, so. We see more going on, and now Clive, I guess, can put two and two together and you know realize, 
I don't know. I mean, could he figure it out from just the brain? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. But this was a pretty good episode. I thought it was uh, probably a B minus, just because it was a good episode, but it wasn't like a great episode. Mm-hmm. They're a... getting away from the murder of the week thing too. Yeah, like that's yeah. quick. Yeah. That was just a quick afterside of time of, of what went down. I thought it was a good episode, uh, like more of a connective episode than like a standout episode. So. Yeah, I, I actually was thinking more of C plus. I mean, it was just so average. Um, other than I just the whole scenes with the, her being the basketball coach, that was just so. I don't know. I just I loved that whole thing, and then of course the you know a little bit more character development and insight on Detective Babineau, uh, I enjoyed. So good episode, just not great. Yeah, Judd, I, I I liked the getting away from the case of the week for the most part, and I I really enjoyed uh, having Clive you know digging into him a little bit. Because he's been the one that we know the least about. So it was cool to kind of see him uh, see him kind of get under the collar. Be a little angry. Break the rules a little bit. Yeah. Sweet. Well, let's move on to our final show of the week. All right. Arrow. Dun, 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 dun. Haunted. With the much ballyhooed uh, appearance of Matt Ryan as John Constantine. Mm-hmm. This, um, by the way, this episode was directed by John Badham. It felt different. The action director. I mean, he wrote, he directed Black Sunday and mm-hmm. you know so many other um, action films. And I, I especially with like the fight choreography, like the part where Sarah's fighting Thea and everything. I really, I, mean, I thought this was a really well done episode. Really good. Somebody's killing people on the streets of Star City. A woman in black. They say. And they show in the episode, uh, in the beginning, uh, two guys about to assault a waitress. Two guys are about to assault a, assault a waitress and uh, Sarah, who is you know still feral and now out in the streets, mm-hmm. attacks uh, the two guys and then kind of attacks the woman too. And she's saying something that seems like in, in a Middle Eastern language. Right. And then runs off. We finally find out how the flashbacks kind of tie into this episode. After like four episodes of flashbacks that we had right. no idea... How they tied into the main story. But this is basically what we talked about. Like, if you're going to use flashbacks, why not use it to introduce characters into his life? As opposed to just, right, you know, running around the island and all that kind of stuff. This is how you do it. Like, I think this is why I liked the, the flashbacks so much. Because it was, it really made sense. Like, if you're going to introduce somebody into the episode... Because Arrow's not going to get a lesson of the week. That's not how the show goes for this show. So instead, if you do a flashback, why not use it so that, you know, like if somebody's going to come into the episode and he has to deal with them, give us a flashback of what happened with that person. Yeah, like like we were saying, I think it would be better served to have, like, Diggle flashbacks. Now that we know what, you know, Diggle's brother was up to and stuff. Right. In this episode, it would have made more yeah. sense to have a flashback to him rather than what we got. We start out in the Oliver Queen uh, mayoral office where they have a new guy who they have hired to uh, be his political consultant. And the first thing he tells him is to distance himself from Laurel. <laughs> is that the... Is that the us That's the people, first thing, huh? <laughs> it's us people to 
that don't like, you know, like all the complaining that you hear about Laurel's character. It, it sounds like that's, it sounds like they're... <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like a thinly veiled jab at the fanboys who gripe about Laurel. Exactly. Like all that other stuff you did, all the women, uh, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, you know, Desert Island for five years. If and... We're about to put you on trial for murder and blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about that. Get rid of Laurel. Yeah, just Laurel. That'll, that'll solve all your problems. You'll be fine. Uh, soon after him and Thea are sparring, Ollie's like, yeah, hey, that, that spa, we can really like loosen up your technique. You know, you're doing really great. And then uh, they hear over the PA system that, that the woman that has been killing people is... is they a, have a, a PA tennis. system? Yeah, right. <laughs> Felicity. Oh, like sounds Christ like the voice that. of God coming down. Your overlord, Felicity. Desire, Felicity. Um, I put the voice modulator on the PA. <laughs> yeah. The blonde woman is attacking in a club downtown. They get down there, and Laurel is fighting Sarah and getting her butt kicked. And then Oliver is about to try to take her out and then realizes, oh, it's Sarah. Whoops. Yeah, whoops indeed. And then that moment of hesitation gives Sarah the opening she needs to get the hell out of there. Uh-huh. Oliver realizes exactly what happened, that you know, uh, uh, Laurel and Sarah went. Laurel's mad that she's getting judged by Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... But Oliver's like, you know, if I'm judging, it's because you're meddling with stuff you have no idea what you're meddling with. You're messy with magic you don't understand. Exactly. He doesn't, well, he doesn't know what to do. Quentin goes to ask uh, for the team's help, but he's not asking there, he's not there to talk to the team about Sarah. Damien Dark has given him a flash drive of some sort, and he's supposed to break into a government facility and plug it into the server farm. And Quentin takes the device to Felicity to have her check it out. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's, but it's so totally encrypted that by the, the time Felicity were to crack it, Damien would be suspicious. So he has to, Quentin has to go through the mission, but Diggle decides to tag along. And his arms just keep getting bigger and bigger. Man, he works out like a pain. <laughs> Every time he crosses his arms, I'm like, damn. He tells uh, Quentin Lance about how his brother was killed by Hive, Dark's man. And then... Uh, but he he understands he realizes that you know the, the only the best way to have somebody, you know, to take him down is to have somebody close to him in the organization. Right. So. Do you notice that every time he talks about his brother, he gets Batman voice? Yeah. <laughs> no, I but now, that. yeah, you're he right. He totally gets Batman voice when he talks about his brother and he talks about Dark, Damian Dark. Oh, and there's a comic book mention. Bethany Snow. That's uh, that's that's from straight out the comic book. She's the other candidate running for uh, mayor that he has to go up against. In the comic, she is actually working for Damien Dark, the 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 Hive. Uh, I mean the um, brother, the blood. They go out to the uh, the server farm, and while they're um, hacking in, they see that he sees that one of the files that was deleted is Diggle's brother. Of course he sees his brother's name out of five million. Yeah, if I'm uh, flipping by on the screen, he would see his brother's name, right? Is that my brother? Is that um, my brother's name? The security guards come in, and uh, Lance acts like he's apprehending Diggle, who is a That hacker. was smart. That was smart. And then uh, they, they get the hell uh, out of there. That's experienced cop thinking. So Sarah somehow tracks Thea down and attacks Thea in her home. This was a really well done scene, I thought. 
And then uh, at the same time, Oliver and Felicity are realizing all the women that Sarah are attacking look like Thea. Uh, Thea survives the assault, ends up in the hospital. And then uh, this is where she tells Oliver that uh, she killed two people. Well, she was in underpower. Oh, by the way, I murdered a couple people while well, I was in underpower by, you know, as you do. Yeah. Because well, I, I, I have a thirst for blood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She, and she says that in such a way as he should feel relieved, you know, because this will satiate that, that lust, that blood lust. <laughs> It's like, no. Outside, outside in the hallway, we get the the, uh, the big CW moment with Oliver and Laurel. Oh, yeah. They hash out the ups and downs of their lives. What I like, though, about this is Oliver is kind of, the writing has kind of been Oliver pushing Laurel away. Like, he's pretty much kind of kind of chastised her since season three, I would say, since the drunken season. Like, and he's kind of pushed her away a lot. Like, he kind of disregards her and, and doesn't even listen to her when it comes to uh, advice and stuff. And it's it's almost like the, the writers kind of re, kind of remember, oh, yeah, they actually were friends, childhood friends at that. Like, you know, maybe right. we should remember that. So I did like that she kind of called him on it. Like, you, you've been... A really crappy friend, you you know. Like I know I've done bad stuff, but you you not clean either. You you've done some things too, and yeah, you kind of really been a. And it's true. Like his other friends have done things, and he's forgiven and brought them back into the fold, and you know, like and and really been kind of look at Merlin supportive. Yeah, I mean, but with her, he's really been standoffish to her for a while so it was kind of cool to she wasn't necessarily wrong for for bringing that up like it really hurt her like she did i like the scene i mean it might have been a little cw-ish but it wasn't wrong it it really is kind of true that he's kind of treated her in a certain way that i can understand her not wanting to ask him for help right um they decided to um, while they're out in the hallway talking, Sarah strikes again, attacking mm-hmm. Thea. And then uh, Thea's almost like ready to let her kill her. Do it. <laughs> and then... Kill me. Laurel and Oliver break in. Uh, Sarah gets away by jumping out through a window again. Again. Jumping out the window again. Another one of those. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Oliver realizes that you know the only way they're going to get her back is to get her soul back. So they set up a trap with Thea at Verdant. Which I thought they didn't own anymore. The nightclub. Right. Yeah, but I think it's just, you know. I know they have the set. (laughs) Exactly. They didn't turn, they didn't break up that set. They still got it there. Um, They use Thea's bait, and sure enough, Sarah shows up because, you know, they're linked by the Lazarus Pit or whatever. And let me tell you something, Team Arrow. People are coming to kill y'all every episode. Stop the you can't you can't afford to do that. I'm not gonna answer the phone thing. Oh yeah. I yeah. That's so a that's much. a no no when you're fighting crime and you have enemies that are trying to kill you. Enough things have happened because you have not answered the phone when you when someone's trying to warn them about something that okay, get over the get over stuff. You answer the phone first, and if you don't want to hear what he has to say, then you hang up. <laughs> But it's more dramatic the other way. 
I know, but damn, just just answer the phone first. Just see what's going on. I, there's enough people trying to kill me that maybe I'd like a little warning sometime. Oliver's up, Sarah, with a tranquilizer arrow. Yeah. Or text. Then, she doesn't answer text. You're you're in deep shit. No one texts. Call me. They don't do that in the in the arrow world. No one texts. They always call. <laughs> and then they don't answer. Machete don't text. No, Machete don't text. <laughs> and Oliver says he knows someone that can help him, someone named John. And then we go to a flashback from uh, Oliver on the island that we've seen him you know, mindlessly undercovering on for some reason. Yeah. And then there's John Constantine being beaten up by the, the leader of that group. Uh, the one guy in the group says, you know, Oliver's not to be trusted, but that uh, the, the leader of the group sends him to take Constantine mm-hmm. to go get something out in the woods. And this is where Oliver and Constantine met. And also where Constantine ends up owing Oliver because Oliver gets him out of trouble. Sure did. I don't know how. He gives him mm-hmm. a cover story. They find this uh, shiny giga on the island called the Eye of Horus. Yes. And uh, Hawkman uses the, the claw. Didn't he use the claw or the club? I think of Horus. Something like that, yeah. So uh, he helps. Uh, he he uh, punches Oliver to break his jaw to make it look like he got away. Yeah. Then he gives uh, Oliver the shiny part of it that really he doesn't need. He only needs mm-hmm. the part with the spell in it. And then uh, this is, you know, like the favor that Oliver calls in to have him come in and restore Sarah's soul to her body. Right. We get this arcane set up in the Arrow Cave with like a, you know, a, and uh, they, they I don't know if you saw the little um, like jab at NBC. Yeah, yeah. He's like the peacock, the peacock feather, feather, and he scratches yeah. his back with it, and he says, "Oh, that was an initial winded scratch for a while, but it was something." Yeah, it was, it was like the 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 prosthetic leg in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And and there was the you know right after that, uh, have you needed this before? Done this? Oh yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. He decides to take Laurel with him into the spirit world to fight for Sarah's soul. Uh, they have a cool fighting um, uh, part there with him and Constantine using magic to fight as well. Uh, they return to the real world. Sarah's healed. And she's back. And they're all reunited. And Constantine heads out and they have a nice little moment with Oliver and John. You know, it's like, oh, whatever you need, buddy. Whatever you need, you know. Hint, hint, hey, let's have him back on sometime. And hint, exactly. hint, you know, sure, you know, mm-hmm. no problem. I always want to be on, you know. Oh, yeah. So everybody's everybody's happy about that. It would be awesome if he showed up at like the on The Flash. <laughs> I, <laughs> if you have it's or up, in Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. Or, right, exactly. You know, yeah. all these different things. And, I mean... Would this be okay enough to, if there's enough of a response that they try to do? Well, they bring did. the bring the show back we'll get into the not the show i don't know if they'll ever bring the show back but i do think that because of the bump and we'll probably we'll talk about a little bit of in the news i can see them throwing him in a few episodes yeah yeah uh the lances are back together quentin uh goes to confront dark about what he had him do and then he tells him you know i would need information on this guy this this diggle guy and he gets the file that he gives to diggle it turns out his brother was up to some nasty business, and that's why I took him out because he didn't want um, competition. It wasn't that he was, you know, about to, you know, bust him or whatever. It said he was one of their competitors. 
in the evil business. Which should bring an interesting turn to Diggle's character. Because a whole lot of what he's been has been, you know, about his brother. And right. now he knows his brother was not what he thought his brother was. Right. Which is cool. I, I'm glad that they kind of got away from that. You know, he's a he was such a good person and he was murdered. Mm-hmm. But and now you know, no, not necessarily. He was he was a bad dude too, and it got him killed. He and, probably was able to peer into the future and see his brother's stupid helmet and just <laughs> died in shame. It said no, Magnegro. <laughs> Magnegro, you need to, that needs to be a T-shirt, dude. Kill me now. That needs to be a meme. It does. And a T-shirt and a T-shirt with a meme on it. Um, Oliver makes amends with Laurel, inviting her to the mayoral campaign speech. And even though the manager, you know, the, his campaign manager gets all mad and stomps out, stomps his little feet. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, on the Felicity front, Curtis, um, first of all, we find out he's addicted to energy drinks. Second of all, we find out he was an Olympic athlete in 2008, uh, decathlete. Uh, in Beijing, he won the bronze medal. Interesting, right? And the third thing we find out is that Ray Palmer's not dead. Oh, yeah, did I mention Ray Palmer's not dead? What? <laughs> Ray Palmer's think, not dead? I think you mentioned Ray Palmer's not dead. But the, uh, they finally decode the end of the message that was garbled, and it turns out that Ray Palmer's not dead, and he could use a little help. So that's kind of setting up what we have all suspected all along. But he's not dead. He's just very small. I got so small, man. I was so small the other night. I give this episode an A-. I thought it was really well shot for uh, more so than an average episode of Arrow. I love the the Constantine bits. I thought they worked real well. I thought it worked well within the context of the story. Um, I I, I liked it a lot. I'm giving like a... a, It's an A- only because of the flashbacks. I'm really tired of these... Don't need them unless they're no, going to, don't need to do something new. Absolutely, they're going to well, give us something new. Then you do it. Yeah, I think this is time for them to stop. I mean, now you've introduced this character. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good way to bring Constantine in. It was a way to drag it out for the first few episodes. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, now now we're what four or five years in already since he's come back. Okay, we're now to the point in flashbacks that we would. Start flashing back to the first season. So let's. And you're a rascally rabbit. The, the island makes it feel like you're a rascally rabbit. Like how many chances <laughs> are you gonna get? Right. Coincidences, deaths of people, and you just get to the island before they go and they just go. You know what? I'm just gonna shoot you because you. It's just too much with you. It's too much stuff going on <laughs> that I don't. You know. The flashback stuff really worked really well. It did what it needed to do in tying everything as we went on Oliver's journey from returning from the island. But now it's just it's time for that piece to end. The, the present stands on its own. I will give it a B plus this, this, this week because I really think that the directing, I think they really made the actors have to step up a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, 
with that and there, I I actually this has probably been my favorite episode of Arrow in a long time. Um, I really much, really really enjoyed every aspect of it. And I I give it a solid A. Well, that's all five shows. You want to uh, get in the news bucket so we can put this one in the in the barn? Let's do, do it. it. Uh, George Barris, the man who created the original Batmobile for the Batman 66 TV show, just passed away. Mm-hmm. Man created a lot of really cool custom oh, cars. Oh, yeah, because he also created uh, the little um, coffin race car for the Munsters. Yeah, and so many whole bunch of really custom cool cars. Stuff. But probably best known for the Batmobile. Uh, that's why I mentioned it on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he just passed away. DC TV Podcast Facebook group, if you want to go check it out. Um, we have a lot of great stuff going on there. Um, we have promos and images for all the new episodes of all the new shows. Um, we have some really cool discussion going on there. Some, uh, some funny memes. Check it out. DCTV podcast, Facebook group. Also, if you want to send us an email, it's, uh, DCTV podcast at gmail.com. So do that, please. Um, the ratings flash, uh, hit season high, mm-hmm. uh, in the ratings, uh, which which is really cool. I mean, it's it's been a um, a popular show to begin with. Yeah, definitely. but uh, it seems to be gaining a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pulled in a 1.3 uh, share with a 3.75 million viewers in live ratings. And then it's not counting the plus three and plus sevens, which usually for this show double uh, what they pull yeah. in. Uh, that was also during the baseball playoffs, so that definitely affected live viewing as well. So that yeah. it pulled out that many, that many, you know, with all that going on, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, iZombie is, is still uh, holding a pretty much the same rating as last week. Um, so that's cool. It's, it seems to be doing well enough that it is on the air. Supergirl took a 30% dip in its second episode. Uh, but, I mean, that is something that happens with most shows after their pilot. Um, well, they, you had just, Monday Night Football, you had World Series, you had a lot going on that night. Right, and a lot of that stuff was brought back uh, with the um, uh, the plus the plus three and the plus sevens. Interesting stuff there. Do it live! Um, Gotham seems to be gaining in the ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be uh, it's doing a little bit well, better than it did. It seems to be gaining a little momentum as the season goes on. So it seems like all the all the you know, DC TV shows are doing, doing fairly well. Um, everybody's talking, of course, about the Constantine crossover. We have a lot of cool things in the Facebook group about it, including an interview with Matt Ryan about it, uh, some some DC uh, Easter eggs that kind of popped up in that episode. And um, I don't know. I, I really hope they bring him back, you know, for... I do, too. For, for, for another, uh, another go. That's really about it in the news bucket right now. That I yeah, see. they... I, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought right before we jumped on, I thought I saw something about um, they're going to now have Superman in Supergirl at some point this season. I, I, I don't know. Did, was, was that? Because I thought I saw someone post that to the Facebook group. But I should have pulled it up, too, and I did not. I'm, gonna, I'm listening to something right now. This is the ad drops down. The, um, the trailer for Fight or Flight, the third episode, has Superman in it. Mm-hmm. There's something they've been really doing good with the superhero shows, especially is having um, having promos for the next episode. 
right. for next week's episode, and they make it available yeah. so it's easy. Like I, we do uh, on the Taylor Network of podcast uh, on the website, we post it pretty early because they they give it a chance. They you know they they put it up early and they allow you to to kind of see you know what's going to uh... and it really helps generate buzz. It totally does. That's why they do it, and it's it's great. Oh, uh, there's some more casting for Supergirl. Tawny Cypress. Oh, okay. She's going to be playing, and this is for the comic book heads. Uh, she's going to be playing um, Chase. It appears to be. Oh, Cameron Chase. Yeah, it Cameron appears Chase. to be. That's what she. she wow, played. that'd be interesting. I like that character a lot. Hmm. Yeah, we also got Tommy Flanagan uh, uh, to cast as the knife uh, on Gotham. He's from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, ta- that we also heard that uh, Nicole Kidman is in talks to join in the Wonder Woman movie that's in production. Yeah. Which would be interesting. Yeah, certainly would. I like Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Did she we get to discuss good. the Preacher trailer yet? Oh, I don't think we did. That was I mean, there wasn't much there, but at the same time was a whole lot of awesome. But was but what was there wasn't in the book. Like I'm looking at stuff in the trailer and I've uh-huh. looked at the trailer a few times and I'm like that See, I'm coming work. from a non reading of the comic, so I right. I don't didn't know that. Right. I, I totally didn't know this. So I no, I'm a big fan of the comic. So I'm like looking at I'm like, where is that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was a lot of shorter cuts. Maybe I'm just... well. When we review it, we're, it's going to be interesting to see because you're going to be the one who will have that experience right. of the comic, and I'll be the one to you'll be the noob. I'll be the noob. Wow, I, you'll be the rookie, this. and I'll be the geek. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe we should call the con- the podcast that. <laughs> you might have to do rookie um, geek uh, corner when we do the show. Yes. Uh, B.D. Wong is cast as Hugo Strange on Gotham. Mm-hmm. And they've also cast Christian ha- uh, Kristen Hager as Nora Freeze. So I guess we're going to see a, a version of Doctor of uh, Mr. Freeze on, uh, on Gotham. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think that's about all the news we have. Um, as I said, the Facebook group is the DCTV Podcast Facebook group. We'd love to have you join uh, and, the, uh, and, and post your thoughts there on all the DC shows that are going on right now. Or, you know, send us an email, dctvpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, we, we would love to have you join us. Uh, so, until next week, uh, when we have another five shows to talk about and, uh, and, and, and push through. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Are joining me in this endeavor, DCTV. Uh, you can catch more geeky podcasts at hhwlod.com. Check it out there. Walking Dead TV podcast. You got the Black Box, all kinds of great shows there. Also, more geeky stuff at taylornetworkofpodcast.com. You definitely want to check that out. There are a lot of great shows there, more than I have time or the energy to enumerate. There are so many of them. Go check out all of your pods' abilities. That's uh-huh. a tra- trademark. Trademark. I trademark that. Dropped it. So until next week, guys, thanks a lot for joining me here, Ghost. Good night. Night.